Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. 105 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott and Cam Moon with you the rest of the week. Well, at least up until Friday when Bob comes back for the final show in the noon to two time slot. After the Labor Day Monday, we're back at you Tuesday of next week, 5 to 7. All new for you here on 6.30. Chad Oilers Now is brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. We'll hear from Big George Larock coming up in about a half hour or so for our friends at Contract Equipment Limited. But right now, it's time for our headliner today, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We go to Montreal regardless, but a bit of a different direction. We're going to go to the Call of the Wilds with Brian Wild, who joins us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Hi, Brian. You're on with Cam and Brendan. How's it going today? Very well. How are you guys? Excellent. Thank you. Appreciate you lending us some time. How's summer been in Montreal? Uh, you know, I spent a lot of my summer actually in Edmonton. Really? Because that's where I'm born and raised. Absolutely. I went to an Elks game against Hamilton. I thought I was going to provide the good luck <laughs> that propelled them over the top, but I was thrilled that my, my my sister was at the game with her husband, and uh, they said it was a party atmosphere at the end of the game. Everybody was just so damn excited to finally win one. So I, uh, for good luck, put on my Elks hoodie as well. Absolutely fair. That's it was a party atmosphere, Brian. It was outstanding. Great to have it. Lots of high fives. Lots of hugs. Very nice. Uh, give us an update. Yeah, now they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I got a feeling, man, because he's just been so much bad vibe, and it's got to turn around. I got a feeling. Calgary's close. Well, we'll see. All right, let's talk hockey. Okay, let's talk hockey. <laughs> so, uh, Montreal's off-season moves, I mean, I suppose there haven't really been uh, a ton of earth-shattering ones, unless I'm glazing over something. Alex Newhook. Huh? Yeah, that's... What, what do you expect from uh, Alex Newhook this year coming up? Well, he's right at that spot in his career that the, the year before Kirby Dock was at. And uh, it's the exact same type of trade that Hughes, the GM, is making, where he says, okay, you've got a first-round draft choice who hasn't hit his peak yet, and he hasn't shown yet uh, what people expected from him, and Dock was outstanding. And they're hoping for the same type of revelation from Newhook. I mean, he'll get a lot better chance, right? I mean, it's not going to be power play time that's limited because he's playing a secondary role. He's going to play a primary role. So uh, the numbers should be up because he's going to get opportunity. Um, They'll put him on the wing, even though he he has been a center. I definitely can't see him playing center. Uh, I mean, they're very hopeful. uh, And they've taken a chance before down this road, and it's worked out for him. So uh, we'll see. That's how they're trying to build the team. You know, it's so hard to get uh, to get stars. You got to get them in the draft, and it hasn't happened. And if you look at the team this year, um, they got to find 50, 60 goals, guys. And they, they finished with two thirty. Uh, you're not you're not making the playoffs with two hundred thirty goals. 
And so that's their biggest, that, that's what they got to do. They got to find 50, 60 goals. So Newhook's got to provide some. Slavkovsky, the former first uh, overall, has to, you know, find some this year, be healthy again, and learn to play at the NHL level. Maybe Brendan Gallagher has a renaissance period if he can find some health. And uh, and then they find 50 goals and at least compete for a playoff spot instead of being at the bottom. So you look at the top of the goal scorers list last year, Brian. You've got 82 games worth of Nick Suzuki produced 26 goals. 46 mm-hmm. games worth of Cole Caulfield produced that same 26 goal total. Obviously, Caulfield's health is integral to this team's success right now. And it's pretty much the most important thing because you know in mentioning that there's a team that's really struggling for goals uh he's basically the only pure goal scorer on the team uh he was a pure goal scorer for the united states development program setting uh, goal scoring records uh, playing with uh, jack hughes uh and he was a huge goal scorer winning the hobie baker trophy at wisconsin and then he became an nhl goal scorer just proving that you know five foot seven uh, people with an amazing shot can still get that shot off and excel at the uh, level. He's 22 now. Um, had a shoulder separation that he had to take care of. He was actually playing with it for a month and still scoring goals. So uh, they're expecting a lot for him. And, you know, the Canadians, people don't know this, but they have not had a 40-goal scorer this century. I mean, you guys are really spoiled over there, eh? <laughs> it's excitement all the time. The Canadians haven't provided 40 goals worth of excitement this century century. Wow. Max Pacioretty hit 39 and uh, didn't get that 40th one year, but um, it's been it's been pretty lame in the excitement department, and Caulfield, they're hoping we'll bring it all back this year. We don't take it for granted, Brian. We don't. We do appreciate all the goals. <laughs> oh, you should. It's so much fun to watch that team. Absolutely it is. Uh, Kirby Doc comes over in that deal a year ago from, from Chicago, and uh, I I thought Montreal made a very sharp move in acquiring the Fort Saskatchewan uh, product. And it looks like that that first year with the Canadians was was solid for him. He just took a, a, another step in his development. Uh, what did you see from him this past year, and, and how key was he to the, the team? You know, I, I think that Kirby Doc was actually the best forward on the team last year. Um, you're not going to see it in the numbers. Uh, but his two-way play, uh, his ability to carry the puck and win the offensive zone uh, and then get it out of the defensive zone uh, is is top-notch. I mean, he is definitely underrated in that category. Uh, he has the ability, too. He played with Caulfield and Suzuki on the number one line on the wing and provided actually the better kind of breakout center and defensive center from the wing position than Suzuki if that makes any sense. Uh, and then his ability to carry it down the ice and win the zone. The, the club is really lacking in guys that can win the zone effectively. And uh, he does that just just brilliantly. I'm really, really high on him. And I think uh, if you've got any poolies there and think he's like a 40-point guy, I, I think you should uh, consider him a sleeper in your pool and, and jump him above 15, 20 points in your assessment. So as we chat with Brian Wild here, blogger for the uh, Montreal Canadiens, Call of the Wild, um, 
involvement in the Eric Carlson trade, from our perspective, I, I didn't expect to see Montreal involved at brokering this deal at all, and yet somehow they seem to have made out even better than San Jose in terms of what they acquired, at least in my opinion. Uh, did that take you by surprise? What did you make of Montreal dipping their toe in that water? Well, you know, and again, Ken Hughes, I, he, he's really been a great general manager so far. He's a bit of a chess player in what he's been able to do. I mean, he traded uh, away Jeff Petrie and got uh, Mike Matheson, who quickly became the best defenseman on the Montreal Canadiens last year and upped his game a level that he hadn't shown, um, especially when he was struggling in Florida and didn't even get a regular shift. So he found that gem. Uh, and then here he gets a goalie because he doesn't really know his goalie situation. Uh, and when you're a rebuilding team, that's okay. That's the last piece you, you want to uh, have in your rebuild. You don't want your goalie making 940 saves and making you look good when you're actually really dearth in the talent department. So uh, he gets he gets dismissed there, and he could be a regular. And Jake Allen may be trade bait down the road because everybody thinks they got the goalies in September, and, and then in March they don't realize that they don't have the goalies they need. Uh, and that might be where you guys have um, faltered over the years. Um, and then he brings back Jeff Petrie, who then he trades almost like as a favor, you know, because Petrie was a good soldier for the Canadians, and he didn't want to come back, and his wife Julie didn't want to come back either to Canada. And uh, there was a big COVID falling out there uh, with her kids and everything. They had a bit of a different attitude in the beginning, so there was a little bit of issue there. Um, but... Uh, then she wanted to go to the States because of the border issues that we all had here. And then she definitely didn't want to come back. So he was, did the favor to the family and everybody received that really nicely in Montreal, which was nice. You know, nobody was a baby that he didn't get a, a lot in that trade, uh, sending Pete, uh, Petrie to Detroit, but uh, he's a wheeler dealer and he's really smart. And this one was more about money, you know, like Hoffman was, a big salary for, you know, not much statistical effort and results. So that was a good salary to unload to San Jose. And I agree with your assessment. Uh, I think they actually did better than San Jose did. And I'm a little afraid that my career might be in over his head so far. Last season, when Caden Gooley makes his NHL debut, uh, another Edmonton oh, kid. I, yeah, Edmonton guy, played for the Oil Kings his last season of junior, part of a WHL championship. But but I know that, you know, as a defenseman, to make that step from junior to the NHL, it's like, that's a quantum leap at that position. And he made it look so seamless, it blew my mind. Like, I, I couldn't get over how good he looked. I know he had some, some injury issues last year, but... I, I, I have no idea where the ceiling is for this guy, but as far as that first year went, I, I'm guessing Montreal Canadian fans are absolutely doing cartwheels with what he did in year one. Yeah, over the moon. Absolutely. Uh, and you've assessed it really nicely. You obviously watched him really closely. Um, he did make it look really easy, and there were so many times where you were waiting for those mistakes that are part and parcel of your first year in the NHL, the defenseman role, where... Um, you know, you're supposed to think the game is happening too fast and you can't make the decisions quickly enough and you can't make the plays quickly enough. And it just never happened to him. Uh, and as you mentioned, the only thing that stopped him from, you know, having just an outstanding year and being the number one defender on the club uh, was he just couldn't stay healthy. And that'll have to be, you know, the thing going forward, uh, staying healthy. And I know people are always going to think of that in terms of luck and not luck. 
but he just plays um, so committed, you know. Uh, he just throws his body to to um, faith at times, and um, he's he's kind of like Brendan Gallagher in that role. Like Brendan Gallagher, but he says, "Boy, he's been super unlucky to get injured so much." Well, if you watch the way Brendan Gallagher plays, it's not really unlucky, <laughs> you know. And there you go, another Sherwood Park kid. We talk everybody from your area. Um, it, it, it's kind of like almost normal <laughs> because he's just blocking shots and throwing his body against absolutely everything that's way larger than him. And uh, Caden's, you know, not Brendan's size, of course, at, at 6'2", but um, he'll have to just make sure that he finds a way to stay healthy and, and realize that part of being an NHLer is, is sometimes kind of knowing when to go for it and knowing not when to go for it. You know, not to suggest you, you draw back your percentage on your effort. He's always going to give 100, but there are times when uh, you might be throwing yourself into situations that are a little bit dangerous and you don't have to and think the long game. Uh, that's the only thing that's against him is, is I worry. Like, I think he was injured on four different instances last year with four different injuries. So, um, but on ice... Wow. Wow. I mean, what you, what you guys saw in the Memorial Cup wrong for the Edmonton Oil, uh, Oil Kings, that he was able to do that. You know, like I watched him a lot for the Oil Kings, uh, knowing that he was a Canadian's prospect. And it was pretty clear that he was going to be a special player. And it's funny, too, because when he was drafted, everybody was like, ah, really? And everybody was really upset when he was drafted that he wasn't the pick that the uh, fan base wanted. But uh, there's not a single complaint about that now. That, that, that was the pick in that moment. Uh, chatting with Brian Wilde about the Montreal Canadiens right now. Brian, tell us about uh, Jake Evans, who is a bit of a role player, of course, but somebody who Bob has discussed on this show in past. He makes $1.7 million, which we've identified come trade deadline time as about where they're going to have some dollar value to spend in that neighborhood. What what kind of player is Evans? Well, you know, I think Jake, Jake Evans has, has hit a ceiling. Um, I, he's 27 now. He did really well in college. He was, uh, I think he was a Hobie Baker finalist. If not a finalist, he was pretty close to it. Uh, maybe in the, in the second go-round before that final three was announced. Um, but I, I think he's hit his ceiling, and I, I can't really see. I mean, as a, in a limited role, he plays smart, and he plays a good two-way game. I mean, you can't have any expectations, though, if, if you are interested in this player at the trade deadline, that he's going to provide a lot of offense for you. Uh, he hit a total a couple years ago that was definitely uh, where he maxes out at, and he won't provide any more than that. But he's a smart, smart player. Um, he gets injured a lot. He concusses, too. So there are a couple of red flags where Jake is concerned, uh, but he's going to give you absolutely everything. He's, he's a gamer. He's definitely a gamer, and he's the kind of player Bob would definitely see and like uh, because he, um, he's intelligent and uh, he works his ass off. Yuri Slavkovsky gets his first year in the NHL after being that first overall pick in 22. I know he had injury oh. issues last year. What, what's the update on his health? Oh, he's healthy, uh, but boy, the fingers are crossed there, right? I mean, that was an off-the-board pick. Um, everybody thought they were taking Shane Wright, of course, 
Um, however, they may not have blown it because uh, Shane Wright and Coachella Valley, they made it all the way to, I think, overtime, you know, one goal away from winning the American Hockey League and, and uh, title. And uh, I think he had two goals in like 19 games. And at the end, they weren't even playing him. So, I mean, there's a red flag up now for Wright, but there's also a red flag up for Slavkovsky because my assessment of him um, is a little bit more negative than some that you might hear in Montreal. I really didn't think he played very well, and I thought that the game was too fast for him. Uh, he should have never been in the NHL at his age. I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, he should have gone back to uh, to Europe and played some more uh, where he was doing fairly well. Uh, he was only point three three points per game in the Finnish league in his draft year, which is not a giant total, you know. Uh, but he had that world championship in the Olympics that everybody was just so impressed with that they decided to pick him one. Um, for my money, it's the two defensemen um, that are going to be the best number one pick, or even Logan Cooley. So we'll see how it shakes down. But it's a big year, you guys, for him. It's a very big year. He's he's got to play better hockey. He's got to show that he can keep up with the play. Uh, in his feet and his brain, because I didn't think that he offered either. And also, um, you know, when I look at who's going to become a star, I always say one thing, well, what's your elite skill? This is something that um, when I used to work for the Edmonton Orders in Banff when training camp, Glenn Sather said to me, and we were talking about a player named Jeff Smith, and I don't know if you know that name because he never really had a great career, and I said something like, wow, he does everything well. And, and Glenn Sather said, he responded, he said, He's just going to be an average player, Brian. And I was surprised. Uh, and he said, because he doesn't really excel at any one thing. You have to excel at one thing. And so I'm taking that story back to Slavkovsky. And I look at his game and, and I'll say, well, okay, so what's the one thing that makes him a superstar? What what's he do that you say that kid can just, like Cole Caulfield, for example, unbelievable shot, it's unstoppable. So as for much as he's a tiny guy, if he can get a shot away, especially on a power play, three-on-three overtime, stuff like that, he's going to score his goals. But Slavkovsky to me, like, I don't, he's not, a, he doesn't excel at skating. He, he, he does not, uh, he does not have a computer for the game. He, he doesn't have, like, a fast response understanding of, of the game. Um, he's, he's, he's got a fairly good shot, but it's not a wicked shot. Um, he's big, but he doesn't play big and hit big and uh, scare people. So, I mean, I just, something, if he's going to become the number one pick that they thought he was, something has to arrive, is what Glenn Sather would say is that excelling thing that makes someone a star. And I have not seen it yet. That so makes a lot I of sense. My fingers. I've got my fingers crossed. Uh, I feel that they didn't hit that pick right. In the Finnish league, the men's league, and his draft, like you said, Brian, just five goals, five assists, 10 points in 31 games, mm-hmm. but then turned around at the Olympics and was a goal a game, seven goals in seven games there. I got to get yeah, a final thought. To qu- <laughs> a quick thought from you here. Did you actually instruct Cam Moon at Nate when you were here? Is that true? What does he tell you? <laughs> he says you are a young up-and-comer in that's an instructor's right. role is that a fair assessment uh yeah that's probably it i was a young up-and-comer uh in most things in edmonton i was definitely a young up-and-comer uh doing the uh 
during the hockey games <laughs> for CTV. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I was a teacher at Nate. I was pumping your tire, Brian. <laughs> How do we find your work these days, Brian? Call of the Wild. Right on. Just, uh, just put that in the Google machine. And if you want to read, uh, I do a column after every one of the Montreal Canadiens games and if they do something special. Really appreciate the time you've loaned us this afternoon. Enjoy the final remaining days of summer here, okay? All right. Watch for the 60 goals the Canadians need. 230 <laughs> to 280. That's where you'll know if they've had success or not. Awesome stuff. you guys enjoy your 390 or 450 or whatever you guys want. Oh, we will. (laughs) We sure will. That's Brian Wild on the Montreal Canadiens. Thanks, Brian. We'll take a time out here on Oilers Now. Back in a minute. Bob back on Friday to navigate the final Oilers now in this 12 to 2 time slot. After the holiday Monday, we're going 5 to 7. Hope that you'll join us then. A reminder that the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Missed the top of the show? It's official. The Oilers have signed both Sam Gagne and Brandon Sutter to professional tryout offers. Get some veteran guile in there for training camp, seeing what you can uh, milk out of them in in terms of the knowledge. And hey, maybe one of them will crack the roster as well. Uh, Certainly got to figure there's a future for Sam Gagne and the Oilers front office. If he wants there to be one, it's there. But it'll start with his third tour of duty, at least as training camp goes. And those informal skates are coming up next week as as well, the captain skates. We are coming right back with more from Montreal. The big man, George Larocque, for our friends at Contract Equipment Limited when we come back after Randy Kilburn brings you the global news headlines.